Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Coming to you from Classic City, the capital of the Bulldog Nation, it's time for another edition of the podcast designed for the most die-hard Georgia fans in the country. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another edition of the Glory UGA podcast. I'm your host, Tyler, and today on the show, I am Finally, finally getting to my top 10 most wanted recruits list for the 2022 class as part of our list season month that continues on through the month of July. We started it last week and we'll keep it going for the next couple of weeks. And last week to kick off list season, we opened with a list of my top 10 favorite Georgia football wins that I have personally attended. Not my top 10 favorite Georgia wins ever, the top 10 Georgia wins of all time, but specifically the top 10 Georgia wins that I have personally attended. We got some great feedback on that episode, got some interaction on social media with that, got a couple emails, so love to hear from you guys. And still feel free, let me know what were your favorite games that you've attended over the past however many years. But it was a lot of fun. That that episode was a lot of fun going back down memory lane, reliving some of those incredible wins, those incredible moments. But with several of the prospects on this next list set to go public over the next week or so, today I want to focus on the recruiting front with my 10 most wanted recruits list. The original idea, to be honest, was to do kind of the inverse of that first episode and go with the 10 worst Georgia football losses that I have attended, kind of go down that dark path. But again, we've got a number of the guys that are going to be on this list today that are going to go public with their commitments within the next couple of days. So I wanted to kind of just switch it around a little bit and push this episode up to today so we can get it in before those commitments happen. And we will get to that list in just a minute here. But first, I've got to give a few more shout outs for the latest five-star ratings and reviews that have come through on Apple Podcasts. You guys don't know how much we really do appreciate that. We we put the call out last episode and you guys are already responding, which of course I know you would. You guys are awesome. But specifically, big thank yous to Gilman White, B.W. Giddens, Nats Poppy, and I think this is just a randomly generated name. Forgive me if it's not, but I think it is. We've had this in the past. I think this is what happens when you don't specify like a, a specific username. But regardless, thank you to, I'm not even going to try to pronounce this, Y-U-Y-H-V-F-F-U-V, maybe. Uh, but thank you 
for supporting our podcast and helping us out with five-star ratings and reviews. We are moving closer and closer to our very modest goal of 275 five-star reviews by the time the season rolls around here in just about a month and a half, man. It is getting here. Let's go. Uh, We are now up to 266 reviews on Apple Podcasts, but we still need more to help reach that goal. And as many as we can get, guys, that's ultimately that's the goal. As many as we can get, but at least 275, that's kind of the, the arbitrary goal we've set for ourselves. So if you enjoy the podcast and haven't had a chance to put in those five star reviews, we would greatly appreciate your support. And yeah, guys, I know there are some of you out there who don't listen to us on Apple Podcasts. All the numbers show us that most people do listen to us on the Apple platforms one way or another, but we know there's other people out there that listen on different platforms, and that's awesome. And that's awesome. We love you guys too, however it is that you may find us. So if you can't rate or review an Apple podcast, I mean, honestly, just spreading by word of mouth, that's so very helpful as well. Just telling people about the show, helping us out on social media, following us, you know, interacting with us, all those kind of things. All that helps too. And I, I do have one more shout out here today before we move into the list. We've gotten a lot of support and interaction from one of our listeners. We get support and interaction from a ton of listeners, but uh, we get, we've gotten a lot of support from Sam Morales. Sam is a good dude, and he also happens to run a college football Instagram account at Georgia underscore CFB that I think you should all check out and follow if you do the Instagram thing. If you are a Georgia football fan, as obviously all of you listening to this show are, Sam's account, in my opinion, is as good of a follow on Instagram as you will find for all things Georgia. So I strongly recommend you give it a look, especially with the season coming up. They do a great job with that account, and I know they're going to have awesome coverage for this upcoming 2021 Georgia football season. So help support someone who supports our podcast. Again, that's at Georgia underscore CFB. But all right, let's talk some football recruiting. We haven't talked recruiting much this summer, which is crazy because we had this incredibly long dead period that lasted, I mean, over a year, and it just opened up at the start of June, and so it's been kind of just a, a wild, wild west scenario out there for the past month and a half. So I'm really excited to be able to talk some more recruiting today. Before we get to the actual list, there are a few things about the list that I do want to make sure I make clear before we we run through everything. First off, this is my list. I I've watched a bunch of high school tape. I've seen some of these guys in person, not as many as I normally would in like a normal year because COVID is still, I know it's it's kind of waning in areas and things are far more open than they were this time last year, like honestly not even close, but COVID still kind of put a damper on some of that, getting out to camps and all that kind of stuff. Normally I go to multiple seven-on-seven camps and the opening camps, all that stuff to watch these guys as much as I can to kind of see them in person, get a feel for them, but getting into those has been a little tougher this year. It's just been harder to get into those throughout the the past couple of months. So for that reason, I will say I'm not as confident in this list as I would be in a normal year when we've done this in the past, but it's still a fun exercise. It's still You still get a lot from watching tape. Uh, you'll also notice that I don't necessarily follow the recruiting service rankings by the book and how I compose this list. Like, like what I mean, I guess, is just because 247 Sports or Rivals has one guy rated ahead of another guy, that doesn't mean that's how I personally see it. Again, I made this list based off my observations and my understandings and beliefs about what our specific needs are with our roster, which brings me to the next point. This is not 
necessarily a ranking of the best players that we are after, that we were we are recruiting heavily. It mostly works out that way, but not in every case. Uh, what I also do is I also factor in positional needs pretty heavily into these rankings. That, that That's important to me. Because if I'm looking, okay, which guy do I want the most? Well, if we have, like, think about this past recruiting class, guys. Like, we knew that cornerback was going to be a major need. So laying a guy like Nylon Green, that was massive. He's obviously a very talented player in his own right. He's the most talented player in our class. I don't know that that's the case. He's up there. I don't know if he's the most talented. But I would have, I had him way up my list because, we really, really, really needed help at cornerback. Guys could come in and potentially play right away, and I thought he was a guy that kind of fit that. So I moved him way up my list last year. So I really factor in those positional needs. I hit an example for this year, we'll, we'll talk about this a little, a little bit later on, but I think Kamari Wilson, the safety from IMG, I think he's awesome. I think he's a future star at the next level, but he isn't in my top three. Although I think he's probably a top three talent on this list potentially, but he isn't up there that high because I don't think safety is as much of a need in this class as maybe outside linebacker or wide receiver, maybe even to tackle. So it's a combination. It's a combination of their talent and the positional need. And the final point before we get into the list is that this list is composed of players that I think we have a very legitimate shot to land. That's certainly not scientific. I'm not trying to say it is. It's not. It's based off what I think and what I've been following, kind of piecing together puzzle pieces, right? And I say this every time we talk heavy recruiting on this show, but for our newer listeners who have not heard me say this, I want to make it clear, I am not, emphatically not a recruiting writer or a recruiting analyst, and I'm not going to try to pretend that I am. That's not what I am. That's not what we do on this show. We don't call and text these recruits and get interviews with them. That doesn't happen. We don't do that. Other people do that. They do a great job with that. But I do follow recruiting extremely closely. I I think it's so, so, so important because I think it's the lifeblood of a college football program. You got to have the players. You got to. So these are all players that have either put us like inside their top five, their top eight, taken official visits, whatever, that kind of thing made unofficial visits to our campus. They've been here and they are listening. We are recruiting heavily and we have a legitimate shot to land them based off what I've been able to piece together. And I say that because I don't want to waste my time or waste your time talking about a bunch of guys that we have very little to no chance to land. And look, I'm not guaranteeing every player on this list will end up committing to the G. That's just not going to happen. A lot of these guys on this list will probably end up elsewhere. But these are all guys that we are showing a lot of interest in, and they are reciprocating. And if I did it any other way, I would basically just be listing the top 10 ranked players in the entire class, and that's not fun. So just want to put those out there. I think that's all the caveats I have for you. So let's go ahead and dive right in to my top 10 most wanted prospects in the 2022 class. And we're going to start at the bottom and work our way up. That's how we're doing these lists. And the first guy on the list is a guy that we're in it for. We're in his top three, but I don't know if we're going to ultimately end up winning out and landing him. I know we've been recruiting him very heavily. We've made some moves. It's a guy named Dalen Everett from IMG Academy in Florida, 6'1", 185, a cornerback, rated number 40 overall nationally in the 247 composite. Now, he's one of those guys that is committing soon. 
He's committing on Saturday. So that's one of the reasons why I want to get this show in today because a lot of these things are going public in the next couple of days. Couldn't wait to next week. So Daylon Everett is a cornerback from IMG who I think could be, I mean, if, if there was a need, I don't think we're going to have a need for it next year. Potentially, we'll see. But I think he's a guy that has the ability, the potential to come in and start right away. And you never know. You never know with these guys. It's really hard to project that. But from what I've seen from him on tape, I think he sh- he not only flashes the athleticism, a lot like you. All these guys that we're recruiting, they're athletic. If the University of Georgia is after you, physically can do the job, right? But when you're in high school, not all these guys are as advanced from a technical standpoint. Because oftentimes, depending on where you play, you just kind of outclass everyone from a physical talent perspective. So you don't necessarily have to be mo- the most technically sound to be able to go out there and dominate on a down in, down out basis, night in, night out basis. You don't have to be able to just be super technically sound. But Everett, I think, fits both bills. He's very athletic, physically gifted, but also technically sound. He does a really great job of staying in phase with the receiver as a cornerback. He's got really good hips. I, I One thing that I really like about him is I think he has the ability to play man or zone. He can get up in your face, play the press man coverage, stay with you, stay in phase. He can play zone, read the quarterback, break on the ball, do those kind of things. Whatever you ask him to do, whatever scheme you're running, whatever coverage you're running, I think he can do all of that. I've seen that from him on tape. IMG, obviously, it's basically, a, a, I mean, it's a prep school. They, they're there to get better at football. That's what he's there. Yeah, you do school on the side, but that's that, they're there to get better at football. So the coaching he gets is first class and you can tell that he's been coached up very well very technically sound great ball skills this is a guy that I would love to get on our commit list and really kind of shore up that cornerback position which I know we were really worried about coming this season but the thing is we have a, and one of the reasons he's down here at number 10 not higher is that look I know there's been a lot of publicity and a lot of talk about our cornerback position and how we're just in trouble there right I think some of those concerns have been put to rest to a large degree with some of the transfers that we've gotten with Smith and, and Kendrick. But it wasn't so much that we didn't have talent, that we didn't have guys at cornerback. It's so that we didn't have guys that were experienced. We didn't have guys that had really played much or any at all at the college level. We might be expecting to start the season with two of those guys starting at cornerback. And that's not a recipe for success early in the season, especially when you're playing a team like Clemson week one. But it's not that we don't have guys. We have some really talented underclassmen at, the, at those positions, at cornerback, at star. We just don't want to have to rely on them day one. You don't want to have to do that. So I just don't think cornerback is as much of a need. Look, you always want to stack that room as much as you can with as much talent as you can. Obviously, with how the game has become so passing focused and teams are spreading out more and more and more than they ever have. But I just don't think that cornerback in this class is as pressing of a need as it was in last year's class. So that's why he's down there a little bit at number 10, not higher. From a talent perspective, I would have him higher if it was just based on like who do I think are the most talented guys that we are recruiting. But I also factor in the positional needs there, and that's why he's down there at number 10. But a really good player. He is committing on Saturday. I don't I don't know. I, I don't know if we'll end up landing him. Looks like it's going to be a Clemson, North Carolina, Georgia battle, which a couple of these guys this year are coming down to those three schools. And North Carolina is really kind of kicking it up when it comes to recruiting. Mac Brown's done a great job elevating that program and elevating their just the status on the recruiting trail. So we'll see how that goes. I'm not overly confident there, but we got a shot. We got a shot. We'll see. We'll see how that plays out. All right, coming in at number nine. Next up is actually a teammate of Everett at IMG. Safety Kamari Wilson, a six foot one, 195 pound DB that projects 
as a safety at the next level. He's a he's the number 24 overall prospect in the 247 composite. So he's a five-star guy. And I really, really, really like Kamari Wilson. He's another one of those players that if I was ranking this based on talent alone and positional need was not factoring into this, Kamari Wilson would be much higher on this list. I think he would, I would, I would, almost certainly have him inside the top five. He's a just a very, very smooth athlete, very impressive with how he moves throughout the field, very fluid, uh, an instinctive player, which is really important for safeties. You know that, right? I mean, we all know that. If you watch safeties play, you've got to be instinctive. They're, they're put into conflict a lot, especially with how the RPO game has proliferated over the years. They put the offenses are putting safeties in conflict more and more and more. So you gotta have those instincts. He's a very instinctive player, and he's a big hitter. Not only does he move really well, but he's a big hitter from that safety position. Obviously, I know with some of the targeting rules that's taken the big hitter safeties kind of out of the game to a degree, but he does a really good job of being a big hitter without committing a penalty where he's gonna get thrown out of the game. So I, I think with that ability and also his size, six one, almost two hundred pounds. I think as a guy, he's a guy that can excel as a box safety, but he also has the athleticism to play the deep middle of the field and roam out there in coverage and play in space. He has outstanding ball skills. Again, this is just a guy that I think has all the physical tools to be a high, high level player for us next year. If we were able to land him, I think he'd be the heir apparent at safety and would be a stud back there for us. Just the next guy in a long line of really good safeties that we've had going back to the early 2000s. So really high on Kamari Wilson. He's coming in at number nine on my list of 10 most wanted prospects in this 2022 recruiting class. Moving on to number eight. We're going to stick on the defensive side of the ball here. And we're going to go with a guy that's really kind of, I don't, he hasn't shot up the rankings. He's been pretty consistent in the rankings, but his name has been mentioned more prominently, at least with Georgia, over the past couple of months, really since the dead period was ended going into the month of June. And that's a guy named Danny Dennis Sutton, who projects as an outside linebacker the next level. At least that's what we're recruiting him to play. 6'5", 250 pounds, according to, according to 247 in their measurements at least. He's the number 64 overall player in the country in the 247 composite. He's actually originally from Delaware, but he plays in Maryland right now. And he's another guy that will be committing within the next week, actually one week from today on July 22nd. He named his top three a couple weeks ago. It's Bama, Penn State, as you can imagine, Maryland, Penn State, pretty close there. And yep, you imagine the Georgia Bulldogs. Now, this is a guy that honestly, I had some trouble projecting because there is no junior tape out there because he did not play a junior season. He had the misfortune of living in one of those states that did not allow their high school students to play sports in the fall. That sucks. Uh, it sucks for him. It also sucks when you're trying to project him because it, it, you you can watch a guy's sophomore tape. and can tell you a lot, but these guys grow a lot. They get better. They improve. They gain weight. They drop weight. They improve their technique. All those things. They improve their speed. They go to camps, get better coaching, all that from year to year. So that's why he's a hard guy for me to project. And it's also why I'm Right now, I'll be honest with you, I'm not maybe as high on him as other people are because I just haven't seen what he is right now. I've only seen his sophomore tape. I haven't seen him in person. And look, his sophomore tape was good, but I will admit his sophomore tape did not blow me away. It didn't. I didn't watch the tape and go like, oh my God, this guy is like a must get. 
I watched him and said, yeah, I would love to have this guy, but I wasn't, like my, my jaw wasn't dropped and I'm just like mesmerized by what I'm seeing there. All right, now when I watched the sophomore tape, he actually played primarily inside as like a defensive tackle as a sophomore. Now, I don't know if that's what he's going to do this year. I don't know if it's what he would have done last year, but that's what he does as a sophomore. That's all I have to go on right now. Now, here's the good stuff. When you watch him play, he shows really, really good quickness and a very explosive first step off the ball, which is, I mean, if you're going to be a pass rusher at the next level, that's key. You got to have that. He's also got a really good frame. I am very curious what he actually looks like now out there in the field because I don't know. I mean, it's been basically two years since we've seen him on the football field. Don't know. I don't really know. I imagine he's bigger and stronger. Has he has he kind of has he cut weight? Has it has the shape of his body changed? We don't know those things. We'll find out in a couple of weeks, I guess. But another thing I really like about him is that he is extremely strong and extremely powerful. That strength is real, guys. And he not only does he possess great strength, but he also uses his hands very well. Again, when you one thing I watch for is like how technically sound these guys. Like if you're trying to project how much of an early contributor a guy can be, don't just watch like for, oh my God, I see dominating that competition like athletically and physically. All these guys do. That's why they're going to the next level. I mean, 95% of the guys they play against, 95% plus of the guys they play against aren't playing the next level. So they physically dominate. All these guys that we're recruiting, if you're being recruited by the University of Georgia, you're physically dominant in high school in one way, shape, or form. So that's not the question. What I really look for is, okay, do you have the physical dominance? But on top of that, how technically sound are you? Do you actually do the things that are going to be required of you at the next level? And I would say for Danny Dennis, Dennis Sutton, the answer is is yeah. I, I think he uses his hands very well. He has very violent hands, very advanced hand use for a guy that was a sophomore when I was watching him play. But again, I go back to this. This is why he's not higher on my list and maybe why I'm not as high on him as some other people are. When he was a sophomore, which is all I had to go on, he played interior defensive tackle. That's what he did. And he also played like a defensive tackle. He like it's it's kind of strange, it's kind of a conundrum. Like he's explosive, he's got that great first step, great quickness, but it just at least a couple years ago seemed like there was a little bit of stiffness in his game. So my only holdup with him is I have not seen him show the ability to play in space, which is something that we absolutely ask our outside linebackers to do. I just fear he might be a situational player and not as versatile as some of the outside linebackers that we've had in the past couple years and really really the type of guys that we go after. Now, I will say I almost always defer to the coaches. They have far more information to work off of than I do when it comes to these things. They see these guys in person. They work them out in person. They talk to coaches. They go to practice. All those things. They have far more information to work off of than I do. So saying that, what I guess what I'm getting at is if our coaches are, are recruiting him as hard as they are and they have made him as much of a priority as they have, you've got to imagine they've seen from him the things that they require from outside linebackers. They've seen him do those things. They think he has that skill set. You've got to imagine that's the case. And look, so I, I, I defer to them because yes, they have far more information to work off of than I do, but I'm just trying to be as intellectually honest here as I can. Like when I The tape that I have seen, which admittedly is not much, just one sophomore tape, I wasn't as blown away as you might think I would be based off how you hear people talk about him. So I don't know. that one. He's a tough one for me to project. But 
certainly inside my top 10 most wanted recruits list. All right, moving on to number seven is actually another player that projects as an outside linebacker. And this is a guy that up until about a month ago was committed to another school. He was committed to the University of Colorado, but he opened up his commitment last month on June 21st after he visited Athens to work out on June 4th. And then he came back to Athens and got an, an offer on June 17th. Huh, coincidence? I think not. You get an offer from Georgia June 17th, four days later, you decommit. I don't know, put two and two together there. And the guy I'm talking about here is Carlton Madden. I'm sure most of you have heard him, heard of him. He's a six foot three, 240 pound outside linebacker prospect who's actually only ranked number 835 overall in the country out of Cedar Grove High School. So again, this is an example like, you would, if you just go my rankings, you would say, how in the world do you have Carlton Madden ahead of Danny Dennis Sutton? When Danny Dennis Sutton's ranked inside the top 75 and Carlton Madden's barely ranked inside the top 900. I'm just going by what I've seen, guys. I'm just going by what I've seen and what I think's important. And I like what, based off the tape that I have seen, as limited as it might be, I would take Carlton Madden over Danny Dennis Sutton because I think he projects to be able to do more of the things that we ask our outside linebackers to do. I think he projects to be able to do those things more than what I've seen from Dennis Sub. That It's as simple as that. Uh, now, he's actually going to be committing soon-ish, but not like within the next week. He's committing within like the next two months. I think his commitment date's September 18th, I want to say, so early in the season. And one of the reasons I do like him, as I was just saying, is that I think he's a true outside linebacker prospect. I think Danny Dennis Sutton probably is an outside linebacker prospect. I think he can probably end up playing that position. I just don't know, again, if he does, if he has the skill set to do some of the things that we ask our outside linebackers to do, whereas I don't really have those concerns at all about Carlton Madden. He can play on the ball with his hand in the dirt. He can play off the ball. I've seen him do both things. I've seen him do both things very well. He's highly athletic and very, very active. He plays mostly demons in high school, like in a in a 4-3 scheme. But I've also seen him slide down to a three-tech demons to tackle at times and play surprisingly well from that position. I mean, you wouldn't think a guy at his size would be a really good defensive tackle, but he plays it well because he's so quick and so athletic. And he's just an explosive athlete, which is something I really look for at each position. Do you have explosiveness? I think that's a, a key attribute for whatever position you're talking about. He's twitchy. He's flexible for a guy that size. He has outstanding body control. Now, I will say he's listed at 239 on 247 Sports. But when I watch him play, when I watch his tape from last year, he doesn't look 240 to me. Now, you know, that's just to my to my naked eye. You know, he very well could be. I just, he didn't look 240 to me. So he just on tape looked a little undersized, but he's long, he's lanky, and he's got room to easily add, you know, a good 10, 15 pounds to his frame, which I would like for him to be able to do before he really becomes a major contributor at Georgia if he does end up committing to the G. I really think he can be a dynamic pass rusher. I think he has shown that he has all of those traits. And again, I just think he's more versatile than Dennis Sutton and can do more of the things that we have traditionally in this defensive scheme asked our outside linebackers to do. That's why I have him just barely edging out Dennis Sutton coming at number seven on my list. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. 
Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. I moved on here. Let's talk about some offensive players. Have we done an offensive player yet? I don't think that we have. No, we have not talked about an offensive player yet. So first offensive player on the list. We're going to do some wide receivers here. Now, wide receiver, guys, this is a position of need in this class as far as I'm concerned. That's why these next two players are coming in at number five and six. Got two wide receivers coming up in these next two. And look, I'm not saying I think these guys are as good as Kamari Wilson. Like, well, I'm not saying that I think they are necessarily as talented as Kamari Wilson or a guy like Dalen Everett or a guy like Dandon and Sutton, or whatever. I'm just saying they're really talented, and I think that their position is more of a need for us in this class. So coming at number six is a guy that's really kind of jumped on our radar a lot, heavily, over the past couple of weeks. A guy named Jaden Gibson out of West Orange, Florida. A six foot four, 185-pound wide receiver coming in right now at number 225 nationally. He has named us in his eight finalists, like whatever that means. So we're in his final group, which is great, right? So that's why he's on this list. Like we're recruiting him heavily. He's listening, he's reciprocating. We're in that final group. And the reason I said that right now he's ranked number 225 nationally is because this dude has been blowing up the summer camp circuit. And I think he's in line for a major rankings boost. If you watch the tape, combine that with how he is allegedly, I haven't seen it, but how he's allegedly based on the people who are there evaluating these guys, how he's been blowing up all summer long at all these different camps. I think this guy is in line for a major bump. I mean, he was one of only three wide receivers to be named to the opening finals dream team a couple weeks ago. This guy is a big-time prospect. He's tall. He's long. He's a little skinny. I would love to see him add a little bit of weight, but sometimes these guys with their friend, they just, you know, they stay thin. I don't know if he will add much weight, but even if he doesn't, I'm okay with it. I would like to see him add, you know, 5, 10 pounds, but if not, that's fine. He moves very, very well. He has elite speed. I think he has shown great ability to win at the top of the route. As you can imagine, a guy is six foot four, tall, long as he is. He attacks and stacks cornerbacks really, really well. What I mean by that is he... When the ball is snapped, he attacks the the, the the cornerback, stacks up on him, gets like up on the on the cornerback's toes, and then cuts and breaks into his route. I think this guy's a big play waiting to happen. He's done it all summer long. I, I do think he needs to get a little bit stronger and get a little bit better getting off the press, but I think he is a potential difference maker at the next level. I'm not going to say potential. I think he is going to be a difference maker at the next level. I think he has the ability to be a number one wide receiver. And again, he's a guy that I don't know if you've heard much about him because like I think we offered him, yeah, it was back on July the 5th. So like 
two weeks ago. But I'm telling you guys, watch out for this dude. Now, are we the front runner to land him? No, I can't sit here and say that. I, I'd probably say Miami would, if I'm just guessing right now, might be the front runner. But he's listening. He's he's certainly allowing us to recruit him. We're inside his top eight. When you get him on campus, we definitely need to do that. But he's a guy that I think can be an absolute difference maker. And I would love for him to ultimately end up committing to the G here. But we'll see how that plays out. All right, coming in at number five. Now we're getting in the top five here. Got another wide receiver for you. Now this guy is a, a player I think we have a much better chance of landing because we've been recruiting him much longer than we have Jaden Gibson. He's had a Georgia offer for a much longer period of time. And that's Andre Green Jr., who is 6'3", 175 pounds, number 154 overall in the 247 composite out of Richmond, Virginia. He has already made his official visit to Georgia back in June. He seemed to love it, but I mean, who does love an official visit when you're basically being catered to and having a great time? I love this guy. I love Andre Green Jr. I desperately want him. That's why he's in my top five. I think he has an ideal physical profile for that position. I would like to see him maybe add five or 10 pounds, sure, get a little bit, you know, a little bit stronger there, but he has the ability to do that. And the thing that stands out first and foremost to me about Andre Green Jr. is his absolutely insane body control and leaping ability. He makes the insane catch look routine. He is very Pickens-esque in that regard. I'm serious, guys. If you haven't watched this tape, pull up Andre Green Jr.'s tape. Actually, there's a couple Andre Green Jr.'s out there, so make sure it's the guy from Richmond. And so you'll see some of the catches this guy makes, it reminds you a lot of George Pickens. That body control, the leaping ability, that just the general ability to go out and make those ridiculous catches, he's got that. And because of that, he's a 50-50 ball master. Like it's not really, a, like you hear that term 50-50 ball. With guys like Andre Green Jr., just like it, for guys like George Pickens, it's not really a 50-50 ball. Like I know you're just throwing the ball up there, so you got two guys out there, so you're saying, oh, well, you know, one of them's going to get it, you got a 50-50 shot. But with guys like that, it's more like an 80-20 ball because they're just so adept at plucking the ball out of the air in those scenarios. They just snatch it. Um, He's got a significant amount of twitchiness and a great fluidity to his game. He just moves so well. Very good speed, has the speed to be a vertical threat, lightning quickness off the line with impressive burst in space. One thing I will say, I don't know if this is a constructive criticism, but he's not not running a particularly varied route tree at the high school level, at least the tape that I have seen. But that's not really on him. I will say the the routes that he does run, he runs them very well and very sharply. So he's flashed that ability to run good routes. I like to see him run more of a variety of routes. But again, that's not on him. But at the end of the day, I think Andre Green Jr., just like I, I believe Jaden Gibson has his ability, he can be a number one wide receiver at the college level. He's an absolute playmaker. He's, a, he's another guy who's a big play waiting to happen. So Andre Green Jr., I love him, man, inside my top five. And look, I like Jaden Gibson a lot too. I think Andre Green Jr. is a little bit more polished at this point. Although, I I mean, again, I I would love to see Gibson as a senior. Can't wait to see him because he's just blowing up the summer camps. We'll see how that ends up playing out this year. But Andre Green Jr., Jaden Gibson, we'll love to get both of them. But if we can get at least one of those guys, I'll feel much better about this wide receiver class with some of these other guys that we were recruiting at that position going elsewhere, like Kojo Antwi, Evan Stewart. We need to land one of these guys. And I think Andre Green Jr. is probably the odds-on favorite. If we're going to land one of them, probably more likely to be him. But I wouldn't count us out for Gibson. 
at all. Certainly not. All right, let's move on here. Going inside the top five, we're going to number four. And this is a guy that I love. If we're going just based on pure athletic ability, he might be a little bit higher, but he's already high up there anyway. But Branson Robinson, running back from Mississippi, five foot ten, two twenty-five, number forty-five overall. I love this guy. I think he's the best running back in the country. I'm I'm not trying to throw any shade at the other. There's two guys ranked ahead of him. I think he's the number three running back in the country right now. I'm not throwing any shade at those guys. I've watched all Emmanuel Henderson and who's committed to Alabama and Jaden Blue, who is committed to Texas. Those are the two guys ranked ahead of him at the running back position. And those are great players. Don't get me wrong. They're really, really, really good players. I just don't think that they are as good as Branson Robinson. I think Branson Robinson is more of the total package than either one of those guys are. Those guys are a little bit smaller. Um, and, and I don't honestly think that much more explosive than Branson is, but Branson is just more of the total package in my opinion. I think he's a guy that can be your short yardage guy. I think he's a guy that can be an explosive running back. I think he's a guy that can catch the ball in the backfield. I just think he's got a little bit more versatility to his game, and uh, I would have him ranked number one overall in the running back rankings. But that's me. I mean, you're splitting hairs here. Henderson's great. Jaden Blue's great. They're both really good. I just personally, and I've liked Branson Robinson a ton since the very first time I saw his tape, which was, I don't know, a year or so ago. But when you look at this guy, like he's only number 45 overall on the 247 composite, but there's a, a, a great disparity between how he's ranked on the two major recruiting services, which are Rivals and 247. Rivals has him ranked number 16 overall and a clear five-star prospect in their rankings. However, 247 Sports and their individual rankings, not the, the, not the composite, the 247 composite takes all the, their rankings from different recruiting services out there and combines them together and, and spits out an average. But 247 and their individual rankings has them only at number 123. That's why he's not a five-star. 247 is just not nearly as high on him as Rivals is and as high on him as I am. I, personally, to me, that's disrespectful. If you watch Branson Robinson play, how on earth can you say that guy's not a top 100 prospect? That's just crazy to me. But he's another guy that is set to commit here in the next week. He's committing next Thursday, another uh, another guy a week from today, July 22nd. He took his official visit to Athens back on June 4th, that first weekend after the dead period was lifted. And if you look at the guy play, he's just a sawed-off ball of muscle. That's how I would describe him. You just don't see guys that look like that, that are as powerful as he is. You don't see them move the way he does. You don't see those guys very often at all. There's like oftentimes, like again, I just call him a sawed-off ball of muscle. So I, I imagine what you're visualizing here is this guy that's just stiff and kind of just runs through people, powers through people. And yeah, he can power through people, but there's no stiffness in his game. The guy is very, very fluid for a guy that size. He's got great balance, awesome footwork, obvious power. He runs through contact. And this is one of the things that I love about him. This is one of the things that I just love in running backs in general. He does not go down because he's supposed to go down. Sometimes when you watch running backs, you just feel like they're going down because like they're like someone's like trying to tackle them. So oh, I'm supposed to go down. Like someone kind of hits you, knocks you a little bit and you, oh yeah, I got hit. So I'm gonna go down. No, Branson Robinson, that's not how this guy operates. You hit him, it's like he he doesn't even like recognize it. doesn't compute that someone's actually hitting him. He just keeps chugging and churning those legs. And I love that. He's a leg churner. I love leg churners. Too many of these guys, they just stop moving their legs on contact. That's I, I've never understood why you do that. Keep your legs moving. Keep them churning. That's how you break tackles. And he is exceptional at that. 
But on top of that, on top of the power, he's crazy twitchy for that size and that power. Again, you just don't see that combination very often. He's got a elite change of direction. Not just good, but elite change of direction. He will make you miss in a hole, which I think is a very underrated attribute of a running back. He's got home run, breakaway speed. He's an effective interior and perimeter runner. He does a really good job of changing speeds, which I think is another underrated attribute of a running back. I guess you can classify this as patience, but it's more than just that. Like He does this thing where he'll kind of throttle down and then just accelerate, explode out of that. And it really throws off defenders. It's a really effective tool for him. I think he's a guy that can, that can excel in a gap scheme or a zone scheme. Uh, he's got great vision. And it's just, again, rare to have a running back that can be your home run threat and your short yardage guy. But Branson Robinson is that kind of back. And uh, he's a guy that I think right now, from everything that I'm hearing, I mean, everything that I read, and hear from all these guys who cover these guys professionally, it looks like we're probably the favorite a week out from his commitment. So that would be a major boon to this class if we were able to ultimately end up landing Branson Robinson, which right now, again, it looks like we're probably the odds-on favorite there. You can never say never, but it looks like we're the favorite at this point in time. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with lips and ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L-I-B-S-Y-N-Ads.com. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from lips and ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with lips and ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L-I-B-S-Y-N-Ads.com. All right, let's move inside the top three here. Right? Coming in number three is a guy that actually knows two of our former players, Mark Webb and DeAndre Swift. So if he knows them, you can probably imagine he comes from up in that area, the Philadelphia area, which he does. It's a guy named Eni White, but he's a little bit bigger than those guys. He's 6'5", 230, projects as an outside linebacker the next level. Again, I mentioned earlier, outside linebacker I think is a major position of need in this class. Adam Anderson's going to move on. Who knows? You could potentially see Nolan Smith move on after this year. I, I don't know. It depends on the kind of year that he has, but it's certainly within the realm of possibility. So Eni White at outside linebacker is a guy that plays at a major position of need for us. Now, I do have him, what, four or five spots ahead of the other outside linebackers that I mentioned and Carlton Madden and Danny Dennis Sutton. And the reason he's a good bit ahead of them is that I just think athletically, physically, he is superior to those guys. And he's another guy kind of like Branson Robinson, very much like Branson Robinson. There's a big divergence between 247's rankings and Rivals' rankings of him. But this time it's kind of flipped. 247 is actually much higher on Eni White than Rivals is currently. He's ranked number six overall in the 247 individual rankings, but he's only coming at number 98, like a barely inside the top 100 type player on Rivals ranking. So average all that out, throw an ESPN, he comes out to number 39 overall. I think this guy's a five-star prospect. I don't know if he's the sixth best player in the country, but I would lean much closer to 247's view of him than I would Rivals right now. I think this guy is a, a pass rushing force. He's explosive. He's sudden. He's huge on top of that. I mean, he's listed at 6'5", 230. He just looks bigger than that on tape. 
and uh, he bends really well, which obviously is very important for a pass rusher kind of coming off the edge as a rusher there. There is a, maybe a little bit of stiffness at times, but he bends well when he's coming off the edge um, to try to get after the quarterback. And he's another guy that's very, very advanced in how he uses his hands. Um, he's got multiple pass rush moves at his disposal. A lot of times, going back to what I was saying earlier, you see these guys, they just dominate on brute force if they're pass rushers. They just are bigger, faster, stronger than the guy trying to block them. So they don't really have to be technically sound. But he's got a multitude of moves. He's got a bull rush that, yeah, he can just straight up bowl you over. He's got a really good swim move and effective swipe move with his hands. So he can get, get after the passer in different ways. So I think this guy could be a major disruptive force for us from day one if we were ultimately able to land him. And we're in it, guys. I mean, we're definitely in it for this guy. I, I don't know if we will end up landing him. I don't think I would put us as a favorite right now. But we were inside his top eight. So right now, that's all you can ask for. We're still in it for him. He hasn't eliminated us. We're still recruiting him. He's still listening, all that. But you know, I, I don't know. I, I just don't know if we are the odds-on favorite there. Now, certainly it helps us that Mark Webb and DeAndre Swift had so much success here in Athens and had great experiences here in Athens and he's close to them. So obviously they are in his ear and they're giving him some feedback on how great George is. That certainly does not hurt, but I also don't know at the same time if it makes us the favorite. But there's certainly a chance and that's why he's on this list, all right? Moving on here, let's go to our top two guys. These are two defensive tackles. I think defensive tackle, I don't know if it's the most important position of need for us in this next class, but we're going to be losing some very productive upperclassmen and guys like Jordan Davis and Devontae Wyatt and potentially even Trevon Walker, depending on the kind of season he has. So we really need to restock that position with some elite talent in a, in a big way, just like we do an outside linebacker. But it's not just that they play a major position of need. The reason I have these next two guys ranked as my number one and number two most wanted players in this class is, yes, they play a major pos position of need, but they are also elite talents, like top of the top level talents. But coming in number two, it, and, I, and I honestly, I went back and forth on who I would have number one, who I would have number two. I kind of flip-flop on this, but I ultimately landed on coming in number two is a defensive tackle from Greensboro, North Carolina, a guy named Travis Shaw, who comes in at 6'5", 310 pounds, is the number nine overall prospect in the 247 composite. We are in his top three, guys. It's another one of those battles where it's down to Georgia, Clemson, and yeah, North Carolina. He, he's a North Carolina guy. He's from the state of North Carolina. He's made more visits to that campus than he has to any other campus. So it makes sense that they're in that conversation. But Matt Brown, I give him credit. He's done a really good job of elevating that program as a recruiting power. I, I, don't, well, I don't want to call him a recruiting power yet, but they're certainly in on guys that in the past, they just haven't been in on. I know Travis Shaw's an in-state guy, but he's not the only one of these top-rated guys that they're, that they're heavily involved with. But it's Georgia, Clemson, North Carolina, one of those three is it's ultimately going to end up getting this guy's commitment. And when you look at Travis Shaw, the first thing that stands out to me is the lower half, man. He's got that tree trunk, thick lower half, kind of like Trey Hill, if you know what I'm talking about, just that thick, massive lower half. And I love Travis Shaw because I think he is the best guy out there that we could get right now to replace Jordan Davis. And Jordan Davis has been such a massive part of our rush defense. He's been the central part of our rush defense. He really has. He's been that feature piece. And I think Travis Shaw is the most ideal replacement for Jordan Davis out there for us in this recruiting class. He's an anchor guy like Jordan. 
He moves very well like Jordan. He's very light-footed like Jordan Davis. But I would, I mean, I know this might sound crazy. I would posit that he's maybe even more athletic than Jordan Davis. Not quite as heavy as Jordan, makes sense. But he's got the size, the anchoring ability, and the athleticism. He plays extremely hard, plays fast. And for guys that size, you don't always see that. And he also demonstrates really good recognition skills. He understands how teams are trying to block him. And that's really important. I mean, that's one of those things that as a defensive tackle, it's not just brute force. Maybe the high school level, but the college level, it's not. You've got to be able to recognize what offenses are trying to do because that dictates how you are going to play that specific snap. Now, one thing I'll say is this is not uncommon for big guys. He does play with some inconsistent pad level at times, but he's a dominant force and absolutely could come in and fill Jordan Davis's shoes. Now, we come in and be Jordan Davis week one next year? No, not you can't expect that. Even Jordan Davis wasn't Jordan Davis week one. It wasn't really until like week six he started to come in and really changed our rush defense when he was that young. But he's a guy that I think give him a year or two, he can certainly come in and be that type of player on the interior for our defense, which is such an important position for our defense. And that brings us finally to our number one prospect on my 10 most wanted prospects in the 2022 class list. And that, of course, yeah, you can probably guess it. If you follow recruiting like I do, you know who's coming up here. That is defensive tackle Walter Nolan, six foot four, 300 pounds, number three overall prospect in the country coming out of the state of Tennessee. He has actually already made his unofficial visit to Georgia on June 10th. We still have an official visit, though. This is a guy that he's not committing anytime soon. He's not one of those guys that's going to be committing in the next week. He's probably going to go the distance. That's what it seems to be right now. That's how it's trending. And it's great to still have that official visit in our back pocket. That's awesome. You want to get him to Athens in one of those environments. That would be killer. And, And like Shaw, maybe even more so than Shaw, he is a disruptive force. And... I mean that in the best sense. He will absolutely blow up an offense's game plan because he is that good. He's explosive. He's sudden, powerful. And here's another thing that I love about him. I'm talking about this a couple, with a couple of these guys. Not only is he physically dominant, but he has very advanced handwork. He's very technically sound for a guy that's as physically powerful and dominant as he is. Very, very violent hands. He also plays with an exceptional motor. He's not one of those guys that's like, oh yeah, I'm big, I'm bad, I'm just going to play when I want to play and just turn it on when I want to turn it on. No, he plays with an exceptional motor down in and down out. You love that about him. Plays really hard. Now, I will say, when you watch him play on tape, there's very little resistance. Like, he's just clearly the best player, and it's like it looks like he's playing against the Little League players. That's what it looks like. But still, you can see it's going to translate to the next level. He gives us extreme scheme versatility, which is maybe why I have him a little higher than Travis Shaw. It's because he can do different things. He he could play a zero tech nose if we wanted him to. I don't. I think it would waste him to just play him there exclusively. He could do that though. But I think his more natural position is a three tech defensive tackle. But he also has the versatility to slide outside and play the five tech defensive end in certain situations. So being able to move him around like that and do different things with him, number one, that makes it really difficult for offensive coordinators to prepare for him. It's hard to game plan for a guy when you don't know where he's going to line up from snap to snap. It also just allows us to do different things schematically. And on top of that, like I said, he is just a flat out game wrecker. He's a game changer. He's the type of guy along the defensive front that can just straight up 
blow up an offensive coordinator's game plans almost single-handedly by the way that he can disrupt what's going on. And if you can get a guy like that, I think we have one right now in Jalen Carter. I think he's going to actually explode onto the scene this year. But if you can get another guy of that caliber, then you're going to be in really good shape for years to come. And I'm not going to sit here and say not skip a beat when guys like Jordan Davis and Devontae Wyatt move on with their experience and how well they played for us. I mean, Jordan Davis might be the best player on the team. He's certainly one of the best players on the team. But it certainly helps cushion and soften that blow once guys like that move on when you refill the coffers with guys the caliber of Walter Nolan. Now, are we going to get Walter Nolan? I do not know. I, I don't think Walter Nolan knows right now. Again, I think this is going the distance. I don't think he's not going to commit anytime soon. He has shown no indication that he's going to do that. But we are absolutely a player in his recruitment, a big-time player in his recruitment. He's already been on campus. We still have our official visit to go, which is a really nice tool to have in our back pocket, a nice card to be able to play later on in this season. So we'll have to see this plays out. I'm not saying we're the favorite. I'm not saying we're going to get him. But I'll just say this. Don't ever count out Kirby Smart when it comes to landing these big fish late in the cycle. He closes as well as anybody in the country year in and year out. But all right, guys, that is my list of the top 10 most wanted prospects in the 2022 football recruiting class. Let me run back through them real quick for a quick recap. Coming in number 10, Dalen Everett from IMG. Cornerbacks actually committing on Saturday. Number nine, his teammate, Kamari Wilson, who plays safety at IMG. He's a five-star prospect, top 25 player overall. Coming in at number eight, Danny Dennis Sutton. A lot of people are really high on him, and I'm high on him too, but I'm just maybe not quite as high on him as others are based off the tape that I have seen. It is limited tape, but I haven't seen him play in two years because he didn't have a a, a junior season. But still, this is a guy that's going to be committing here in about a week, July 22nd. And regardless, he's if we end up picking this guy up, it's a big pickup. I just don't know if he's like a day one impact type guy, but I reserve the right to adjust that opinion once I see a little bit more recent tape of his. Coming at number seven, another outside linebacker, a guy that just decommitted from Colorado a couple weeks ago, Carlton Madden from Cedar Grove. He is a guy that is only ranked like in the 800s, but I think once the season comes around, he's going to move up those rankings, and I do think we have a great shot at landing him here. I think he's coming yeah, in September. Coming at number six, going the wide receiver, Jaden Gibson from West Orange, Florida. He's a game-changing type guy. Tall, long, thin, but could absolutely go up and make the plays with the best of them. Uh, number five, another wide receiver, Andre Green Jr. I think we have a better chance with Green Jr. than we do with Gibson. But I, I take I take either one. But Andre Green Jr. is, a, to me, a little bit more polished based on what I've seen. Has that George Pickens body control and ability to go up and just win at the top of the route. He's got number one wide receiver potential for sure. Number four, who a guy who I think is the best running back in the country, Branson Robinson from the state of Mississippi. Rivals in 247. Have a little bit of a disagreement here on where to rank him. I lean more towards Rivals, who has him inside their top 20. He'll also be committing in the next week. And I feel very strong based on what I'm hearing about our chances to land him within the next week. Number three is a guy from Philadelphia, outside linebacker, major position to need, Eni White. I don't feel great about our chances, but we're certainly in it. He's listening, got a connection there with DeAndre Swift and Mark Webb. Then you get the two big defensive tackles, 
Got Travis Shaw from North Carolina coming in at number two for me. He's a guy that I think can be a Jordan Davis replacement. And then the number one prospect on my most wanted list is defensive tackle Walter Nolan. It's going to go all the way to the end, but that guy is a straight-up game-changing disruptive force on the interior of the defensive line. So that's it, guys. I really appreciate you guys sticking with me here today. We will be back next week. we got a, a great week of shows planned for you yet again. Our list season series will continue on. We'll be taking a look at the top 10 SEC road trips that Georgia football fans can take. So that'll definitely be a lot of fun. Charlie will be back for that episode, I believe. And then we will, yes, definitely finally get to the next episode in our Scouting the Enemy series where we will be focusing on the South Carolina Gamecocks. We have a great weekend, guys. I always appreciate it. If you haven't had a chance, please rate, review the show. Love those five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts. But I'm Tyler, and as always, go dogs.